Hello and welcome to another edition of my podcast, Who's Paying Attention? This is Alonzo Bowden. I'm your host. And as always, we will try to keep it fast, funny, and tight. Uh, quick shout out to my buddy, Gene Williams, who is now animating portions of the podcast. If you go to YouTube and look up Who's Paying Attention, he takes whatever part he finds funny and he animates it. So if you watched it last week, you actually saw Thor dancing to Macho Man. It was hilarious. The animation's kind of weird, and for some reason, I come up with the body of a superhero. But outside of that, pretty funny stuff. So look up who's paying attention on YouTube and laugh at the animation. So um, let's get into it, shall we? Trayvon Martin. Uh, Drugs were found in his system. And by drugs, they mean weed. And that's kind of shaky because... THC stays in your system for days or even weeks after smoking weed. Now, don't ask me how I know that, but uh, I'm no longer in the aircraft business. They don't test me anymore. No, seriously, they found this in his system. I don't know if it makes a difference. I mean, you know, it, his character, whatever. He's a 17-year-old kid smoking weed. That's probably why he was carrying a bag of Skittles. And they had pictures of Zimmerman. It looked like Zimmerman had been in a fight, but... Ultimately, and, and all of this is coming out in discovery on the trial, the um, Sanford police said that the incident was ultimately avoidable if Zimmerman had remained in his vehicle awaited for law enforcement to arrive. I don't know. So now I think I think it looks even worse if 17 year old kid was smoking weed and he whipped your ass unless it was maybe super weed. Uh, it's hard to joke about this. It's tragic, obviously, and uh, more and more is going to come out. And what you think, you know, like every other partisan thing is what side you're on. So if you think it, it's um, ridiculous to shoot an unarmed teenager and that racism is involved, et cetera, et cetera, then you're going to think the Trayvon Martin side. And there's few people, and I guess more than a few people, who take George Zimmerman's side. I don't get the logic, but they do. I guess they figure if there's someone you don't like in your neighborhood, you can go shoot them, which is a great strategy until they become the person someone doesn't like in the neighborhood. Hmm, something to think about. So let's talk about this because I was reading about this Florida concealed weapons law and you do have to get trained, you know, to carry a concealed weapon. But it can be pretty easy. Uh, There was a reporter, Aaron Ronston, who went to a gun store in Orlando called Reek's Gun Shop, paid his $60 to get his concealed weapon permit. They took him over to the range. He shot some targets that were five yards away. That's 15 feet away. He hit the targets. By the time he got back to the counter, he was licensed to carry a concealed firearm. So I'm guessing this test isn't too difficult. This sounds about like the California driving test. And I've been driving in California 30 years. I don't think there is a test. I think you just go down to DMV and say, hey, I want to drive. And they're like, take a shot. Um, Ridiculous. Now, there's a book in Florida. It's called uh, Florida Firearms Law Use and Ownership. And this is the book. This is considered, quote, the gun owner's Bible. Uh, It sold 160,000 copies. The author of the book 
John Guttmacher said, if you can run away, crawl away, drive away, walk away from the situation without to shoot someone, obviously that's what you want. So I guess some disciples haven't been reading the Bible. It, it's insane. This guy wrote the book and he says, walk away, go away. And then the other thing is the fact that a woman in Florida is going to prison for 20 years for firing a warning shot because they didn't apply the statute to her. They didn't apply the um, stand your ground law. Only She was just being attacked by her ex-husband. How could she stand her ground? And she's a black woman and that's where the racial element comes in. Look, I'm not even going into it. Okay, Trayvon Martin smoked some weed. Why does that make a difference? I don't know. Maybe because it's Florida. Speaking of weed, how's this? Four tons of marijuana found floating off the California coast. Now you're like, Alonzo, what difference does that make? Why would you say that now? Simple, I think I figured it out. See, California, they seize the weed. So we're semi-crazy. You know, we do things like elect the Terminator and who knows what. Florida, they didn't catch the weed. The weed made it. They're smoking it and passing crazy gun laws. There you have it. You want to stop these these crazy gun laws, you stop smoking so much weed. I don't know, man. <laughs> this makes me laugh. But yeah, they found four tons floating off the California coast. Now, here's the weird thing. Usually, when they find drugs floating off the coast, it's because the Coast Guard or the Border Patrol or somebody was rolling up on a boat and they dump all this stuff to make the boat lighter and get away and to just say, hey, it wasn't on my boat. I just happened to be sailing by four tons of weed that was floating in the ocean. I don't know nothing about it, which sounds like a reasonable defense. But in this case, there was no boat nearby. It was just out there floating uh, and, and they don't know where it came from. And I would hate to be the guy responsible for that. You know what that means? That means some guy dumped the weed and he didn't have to. Imagine telling the boss that. Yeah, boss, I uh, I had to dump the weed. The cops were coming. There were boats everywhere. Oh, I'm sorry. They found the weed and uh, they didn't even know anything about it. Oops. Sorry, boss. I don't know why I had to do that in a semi-30s gangster accent, but you got to be an idiot. Uh, so, I don't know. Smoking the product? Who knows what happened there? Nearly four tons. Man, you know how much medical marijuana that is? That's enough medical marijuana to last Los Angeles for almost a week. Four tons? That would almost get a week. We got a lot of a lot of people in LA in pain with $300 to get a medical marijuana license. So there you have it. Four tons of weed floating off the coast. Where was that back when I used to smoke weed? Four tons of free weed. It's killing me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is your brain on Fox, all right? A lot of us suspected it, and now researchers have found it to be true. Researchers at Fairleigh Dickinson University surveyed people who watched the news, watched various news sources, NPR, CNN, Fox News, whatever. Now, here's what they did. 1,185 people were asked about their viewing habits, then asked four questions about international affairs and five questions about domestic news. On average, respondents got 
1.8 of the international questions correct and 1.6 of the domestic questions correct. Now, that tells you right there, you know they're good Americans because we all scored less than two. We're not known for being bright, especially on international affairs. Now, people who mainly listen to NPR, they did somewhat better than the average. 1.92 correct on domestic. People who watch no news at all, average 1.22 domestic questions right. People who watch only Fox News, 1.04. There you have it. Scientific proof you are better off not watching the news than watching Fox News. That's right. You're more informed not watching the news than watching Fox News. Now, I'm sure old Bill O'Reilly would disagree with these findings because Fairleigh Dickinson's a university and you know how those universities are with their liberal practices and their their book learning and all. Oh, it's a terrible thing, but turn off Fox News and learn something. (laughs) Unbelievable. Actually, it's not unbelievable. It's quite believable. NPR. I actually work for them. Listen to me on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I love them. Maybe I shouldn't comment on that since I work for them. Pah. Be ridiculous. I don't care. Speaking of your brain on Fox News, good old Sheriff Joe. Joe Arpaio, who is the sheriff of Maricopa County in Arizona. Now, Sheriff Joe, this you've heard of Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe is still looking for Barack Obama's birth certificate. Sheriff Joe hates Mexicans. He he has a lot to do with that crazy immigration law in Arizona. Sheriff Joe put pink underwear on prisoners in jail, you know, and and he's up for re-election. Sheriff Joe is absolutely certain he will be re-elected in November. In spite of the fact, and this is where you got to just wonder what people are thinking. How many lawsuits have there been against Sheriff Joe? Let's look at how much Sheriff Joe has cost the county. Okay, he's been sheriff for 16 years. The county has paid $58.4 million in legal fees, settlements, and judgments related to suits brought against the sheriff and his department. Did you hear that? $54 million. I'm sorry, $58 million spent on Sheriff Joe. Okay, (laughs) nearly 20 million of that has been paid in the last five years. Sheriff Joe ain't cheap to have. Sheriff Joe is out of his mind. Okay, even the federal government, the federal government has filed lawsuits against him regarding his discrimination toward principally Mexicans. But he doesn't like black people either. If you got any color in you, Sheriff Joe ain't happy with you. And he wants to see your papers. He's a guy who had his deputies like raid houses. Um, Prisoners who did not speak English were not giving access to translators to defend themselves, which is illegal. You may not agree with it, but the law says that a person's entitled to a translator. And, you know, Sheriff Joe is nuts. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't know what Mexican beat Sheriff Joe up when he was a kid, but he has never gotten over it. Unbelievable! This guy's going to be elected. And he probably will be elected again because like so many other people in politics and power, they they never go away. You know, they get locked in and they get voted for over and over. Uh, Maricopa County is 37% Republican. 
and about 20% Democratic. And, you know, it's very easy to scare people. Oh, these Mexicans are doing this, Mexicans are doing that. You know, the crime rate's lower now than it was in the 70s in Phoenix and the surrounding area. So what crime are the Mexicans committing? Because they weren't here in the 70s. They just got here a couple of years ago. Now, here's a good one. Here's a good one. And this this all ties in to um, drugs, Fox News, and insanity. Mitt Romney, and you, we all know Mitt. We know Mitt will definitely commit to a point. You know, that's what he, we should just call him Mitt the Commit. Because if, if Mitt doesn't waffle on anything, Mitt is firm. <laughs> Mitt Romney said he's not going to disagree with Rick Scott on drug testing. That's his stand. Well, I'm not I'm not going to disagree, but then I'm not going to agree. I'm just not going to disagree. Now, what this goes back to, and we're back in Florida. Rick Scott, the governor of Florida, they passed a rule that if you're collecting welfare, public assistance or whatever, you have to be subject to drug testing. So he said, fine, that's good. But also, I want all state employees to be subject to drug testing under the theory that, hey, they're paid with government money, same th- same as people on public assistance. Now, Romney says he's not going to disagree. How's that for taking a position without taking a position? This is why Obama's stance on gay marriage is so staggering that a politician actually said something you can hold him to. But anyway, I love this. So, you know, they're like, we should test welfare recipients for drugs. Yeah, yeah, test them all. Ah, they're all druggies. And we should test state employees for drugs. Hey, slow down. Wait a minute. A little too close to home there. You don't want to test state employees for taking drugs. And we're talking all of them, you know, from, from the guy who cleans up, I don't know, a public college right up to the congressman, the state legislators. And really, if you look at Florida's laws, okay, whether it be the gun laws or, or the whatever laws, shouldn't we really be checking them for drugs? Yeah, way to commit on that one, Mitt. Good luck. <laughs> I, uh, I am not going to disagree. Does that mean you agree? Slow down. I didn't say that. I said I'm not going to disagree. Ah, here we go again, people. Good old John Boehner, House Speaker, Republican majority guy in Congress. Let's bring back that debt ceiling argument. Let's do it again. Okay, you remember last summer, all the nonsense about we're going to shut down the government. We're not going to renew. We're not going to raise the debt ceiling, blah, blah, blah. We're not raising the debt limit. And we went back and forth for months and months, and they threatened Obama, and they're going to blah, 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 and this tea party, and oh, blah, 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 blah. And we finally, you know what they did? They raised the debt limit. You know why? Because they always raise the debt limit. This was a rubber stamp issue when George Bush was president. This never even came up. They just raised the debt limit automatically. Is the deficit out of control? Yes. Is it required to run the government? Yes. So just do it. But no. Boehner wants to make this an issue in this election. And this is why our elections are so such a joke and so annoying. So he wants to make it an issue. So what he's going to do is bring this up and they're threatening to not raise the debt limit. But here's the funny part. It won't actually, we won't need to do it 
until the end of 2012 or early 2013. So if the Mayans are right, and believe me, my personal credit rating is dependent upon the Mayans being right. You know, you defer payments on these flat screen TVs and they come up anyway. The world ends December 12th. So you, you don't even have to raise a debt limit because the world's going to end. It sounds ridiculous, but it's, it's as good a logic as theirs. Because what happens if Mitt Romney gets elected? If Mitt Romney gets elected, then they'll automatically raise the debt limit. But they'll blame the deficit on Barack Obama. You know, the way Barack Obama's people blame it on George Bush. But that's, that's out of bounds. You cannot blame George Bush for the deficits that Barack Obama inherited. But I guarantee you, and I am not psychic, not psychic, psycho, perhaps psychic, no, but I guarantee you if Mitt Romney is elected, the deficit and everything pretty much since 1912, maybe even 1900, let's just say everything since the Civil War will be Barack Obama's fault. That's right. You women voting, it's that damn Obama that allowed you women to vote and, and you kids going to school and reading damn Obama. No, all kidding aside, what a joke. What a joke. If, if Romney gets elected, and I'm hoping he doesn't, but if Romney gets elected, you better believe they will have no problem with raising the debt ceiling and blaming it all on Barack Obama. But Barack Obama inherited a debt from George Bush, and that is, that's your economy, Obama. You're supposed to have everything fixed by now. Uh, I, and I imagine Mitt Romney will not disagree with me. Or maybe he will agree to disagree. Now, I wonder if he's aware of that. You can agree to disagree with not agreeing on something you didn't agree to and make an agreement. I love Mitt Romney. This going to be tough keeping up. J.P. Morgan has done it again. J.P. Morgan, you know, the, the biggest bank, the bank too big to fail, the bank that the government bailed out. Um, last week, they disclosed that they lost $2 billion in trading. You know, the, those kind of risky trades that governments are not, I mean, that governments, well, governments and banks are the same thing now, but banks are not supposed to take certain risks, especially when the money's insured by the federal government. You know, the FDIC, the people who make sure that your bank deposit doesn't disappear. Well, that never stopped J.P. Morgan from rolling the dice. So they said they lost $2 billion. Then there's some investigation done. Now that $2 billion could become $3 billion. Now the bank's still going to earn $4 billion even after a $2 billion loss, meaning they should have earned $6 billion. And maybe the government would have got some TARP money back. Or maybe, you know, they would have all got bonuses. I don't know. But now it turns out they lost $3 billion. Look, this is like... And, and I haven't raised kids, but this is like a kid going back to the cookie jar, all right? Kid goes to the cookie jar. Bank goes to the federal government. Says, listen, you stole a cookie. You've been bad. Sit in the corner. We're going to give you some TARP funds, but we're going to watch you behave yourself, right? That's what you tell a kid. Now, kid goes back in, eats more cookies, another $2 billion worth of cookies. When does whipping ass become part of the strategy? I don't know how you grew up. But the second time was a charm. Oh, you get one warning. Second time, there's an ass whipping involved. When is someone in the government going to whip some J.P. Morgan ass? How do you lose $3 billion? How stupid are you? You know, you're supposed to be bankers and geniuses and you have 
uh, algorithms and you study the markets and you blah blah. These guys are gambling. These I was in Vegas last week. Why not take the two billion, put it all on red, spin the roulette wheel? All right, put it on the pass line, roll the dice. You, I promise you, whoever is listening to this, apparently you are as much an expert on the market as J.P. Morgan. Two billion dollars, and they only lose it because they know the government will not let them fall. When, when, when will someone go to jail? And I don't mean white collar prison, I mean real jail where he can be welcomed by the prisoners. I bet he'll find that two billion. Well, how's the one percent doing? I mean, it's been tough, you know, a lot of occupying last year. There was even a threat that they might have to pay some taxes. I know it's sacrilege. I shouldn't have said it out loud, but they, but it was a chance that the 1% would have to pay taxes. Things are getting tight up there. Things are getting so tight up there, they got to move. And what better place to move <laughs> than to a $90 million penthouse? Yes, New York has built, they, for the first time, they, they've just won $90 million for a penthouse apartment. Now, they're not saying who bought it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody working for J.P. Morgan. Because, you know, if you lose $2 billion, $90 million is mere pittance. Maybe they just lost that on this house they bought. But they just took over. Um, the, the past, the Spelling House, Aaron Spe- and Candy Spelling's house, 56,000 square feet in Homely Hills in Los Angeles, sold for $85 million. But this one beat it, Okay. $90 million penthouse. Hasn't been built yet, but it will be um, 10,000 square foot on top of the 90-story 157 tower. And they'll give you the address, because you better believe your ass ain't getting up there. You go over to 157, cross street from Carnegie Hall, and say, hey, want to check out that $90 million penthouse? They'll beat you with a stick. You ain't getting in there, so stop it. But anyway, that's one. Now, down in Greenwich Village, which is a really cool part of New York. If you haven't been to the village, check it out. A 12 by 23 foot parking spot will go on the market this month. Not the parking lot, a parking spot. 12 by 23 feet. How much? $1 million. Yeah. So you buy a $90 million penthouse uptown and you still got to pay a million to park your car downtown. <laughs> New York ain't no joke. We don't care if you're spending 91 million. You ain't parking where you live. God bless them. You know something? Honestly, I have nothing against rich people. So if you are rich enough to buy a $90 million penthouse, if you are rich enough to buy a $1 million parking space, you've made it. You've won. You beat the game and I'm happy for you. But would somebody please tax this these people? Please. Hell, tax. I'm going to say it. Tax me if I'm in the 1%. I don't think I am. But if I'm lucky enough to be, then tax me. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I, I don't get it. $90 million for a penthouse. And $90 million. I'm buying Penthouse Magazine. Kidding me? Good for them. How much does this break down to? It's somewhere in the article. Uh, let's see. The $1 million parking spot, you can get a $115 illegal parking ticket every day for 24 years. So why don't you just park there? Well, you can't because they tow your car away every day. How annoying would that be? <laughs> every day I come outside and they tow my damn car away. 
23 and a half years, I'll have spent that million dollars that I should have just bought a parking spot for. God bless you. $90 million penthouse. I wish. Boy, that's got to kill Donald Trump. That's why it's worth it. Because it doesn't belong to Donald Trump. I hope it's right across the street from him and right above his building. And someone looks down on Donald and says, Peasant, if I chose to, I could live in your poor neighborhood. God bless $90 million buyer. Please look down on Donald. Speaking of money, the WNBA complaints. All right. Um, equal pay, not on the basketball court. Now, this article, here, here's the, the tagline, whatever. How much is one chromosome worth? For a basketball player, it can be more than $200 million. Now, here's the comparison, and this is why I'm laughing, because the comparison's ridiculous. Tamika Catchings, who's, who's an awesome uh, WNBA player. Okay, not that I watch the WNBA, but she's the world's best female player for a decade reigning MVP, four-time defensive player of the year, playing for her third Olympic gold this summer, blah, 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 blah. Um, career earnings estimated three to four million, including her Nike money, etc. Kevin Garnett, been in the NBA about the same amount of time. Career earnings, 291 million. So, uh, Kevin makes $10 million off the court with Adidas and sportswear and Gatorade and Wheaties in addition to a $21 million salary. Catchings makes a league max of $105,000 a year. Okay, now listen. Here's the difference. And this is why this has nothing to do with Title IX. This has nothing to do with inequality of men versus women. You know what this has to do with? Generating revenue. How many Kevin Garnett jerseys have been sold over the past 10 years? How many fans go to NBA games? Compare the attendance to the NBA to the WNBA. God bless you, WNBA. But you take away friends and family, and the stands are empty. No one goes to WNBA games. You cannot compare this. This is ridiculous. This this is like, I, I don't know. This is comparing, you know, watching tricycles race. To watching a NASCAR race. Tricycles, when your kid's on that tricycle and he's pedaling his heart out, it is so cute. It is fun to watch. I've watched pocket bikes, little tiny motorcycles with kids racing on them. It's big fun. And there were 30 of us watching these pocket bikes. When MotoGP, when the pros race on motorcycles, oh, 80 or 100,000 people show up. Look, WNBA. The NBA carries your league. If it wasn't for the NBA's donations, WNBA would be bankrupt. And this woman, Ms. Catchings, Tamika Catchings, wouldn't be playing at all. All right? Stop it. It's a bad comparison. You can't compare her to Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett is world famous. Kevin Garnett, I, I didn't know who Tamika Catchings was, and neither do you. Unless your last name is Catchings. You had no idea who she was. This is utterly ridiculous. Stop it. It is not a knock against women's sports. When women's sports are equally popular to men's sports, the money's equal. The proof, tennis. Women's tennis is phenomenal. At, at times, I think it might be better than men's tennis. It, it was definitely more competitive for the, those few years. You know, with, with Serena and Venus Williams, everybody was watching it. And you know what? They got paid millions of dollars. And Kornikova, the hottie, she couldn't even win. But everybody liked watching her. She made millions and millions of dollars in endorsements. She was like making, I'm not going to say Tiger Woods money, but she was making crazy money for doing endorsements. So if people watch you play, 
you get paid. Listen, it's like I told my sister who's in the education business forever. Why don't teachers get paid the same as athletes? When 20,000 people pay to watch you teach, we'll talk about a raise. Listen, I make a decent living as a comedian. Russell Peters fills arenas. Guess who gets paid more? They're not doing it because I'm black. They're doing it because Russell Peters sells 15,000 seats. And if all you people listening would show up, Alonzo could sell 27. All right? Ridiculous. God bless you, WNBA. Stop it. You might make the NBA mad. They'll stop subsidizing you and you'll all be out of work. Finally, because there's a level of crazy that I love. And it's, it's an only in America thing. This is why people come to our beautiful country. This is why people aspire to be Americans. This is why Mexicans used to sneak in. They've cut back. Did someone tell Sheriff Joe? They're not even sneaking in anymore. Europeans came here. People from around the world, Asians, they have to be here. You know why? The Illinois Senate voted 40 to 11 in favor of House Bill 3826, which includes a provision defining service animals as a dog or miniature horse. Did you hear me? A miniature horse. I'm going to say it one more time. A miniature horse can be your service animal. Have you ever seen a seeing eye horse? You know how mad I'd be if I was a German shepherd or lab when you're a service animal and you actually have to work. What is a what is a miniature horse going to do? And this is full service. This means you can take the miniature horse anywhere. You see people bringing their dogs into like grocery stores, restaurants. Kids take their dog to school. I'm talking real service animals. I'm not talking about the little chihuahua that the girl carries with a little blue vest on it. Here's my question. I live in California, and yeah, we're nuts. We, we didn't smoke all the weed. We lost four tons. Did I mention that? But anyway, we're nuts. I don't know what's easier to get. The fake medical marijuana card, the fake handicapped parking uh, placard, or the fake service dog vest. But at least we're limited to dogs. I don't see any service miniature horses. Can you imagine being on a flight when the service miniature horse boards the plane because the funny thing about this it's already in the federal statute it's a miniature horse it's a beautiful little pet they're cute they're funny you can you can take it to the park you may love your little horse it's not a service animal it's it's not they they don't guide the blind they they don't you know sniff out explosives they're little tiny horses they're, they're for people who think ponies are too big and intimidating. Hi, is that a miniature horse? Well, it's my miniature service horse. I don't actually ride them. I'm trying to get a second one. Then perhaps I'll ride the two of them like roller skates. God bless America. I live in a country that a miniature horse is a service animal, and I love it. Illinois, congratulations. You are now in the running. California was crazy. Florida was crazy. Arizona's crazy. But Illinois, welcome to the club. Miniature horses. I can't wait. I can't wait to be on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, one of the greatest streets in one of the greatest cities in the world, and see a few miniature horses wandering around. Now, listen, I'm not disrespecting, you know, some child that loves its pet. And maybe, you know, and there's a bond there. I'm not saying that's not true, but stop it. It's not a service animal in the same way that a trained dog is. All right, and it's not little like a chihuahua. It's a miniature horse. I don't think they're housebroken. 
It's going to get smelly. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for paying attention. Um, Look out for me. I am going to be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uh, at the end of this. Oh, never mind. It's not going to be till the end of June. There'll be plenty of time. Go to YouTube. Check out Who's Paying Attention, the cartoons that Gene Williams did. Thank you for listening. Thanks for laughing. I'm Alonzo Bowden. Hit me up on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Tell someone about me. I'm trying to get famous. Famous.